Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. I want to jump right into the Word. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 32 real quick, and we'll get started. Um, What about that worship team this morning? Can we give it up for them one time? Killing it. Deuteronomy chapter 32. I don't, I don't know if they had the version that I have. I, knew, I read out of the New American Standard. I know Pastor Casey will probably have me crucified for that. Um, but Deuteronomy chapter 32, we're going to start reading in um, verse 48 this morning. So if you're there, I'm gonna, uh, if you're not there, it's going to be on the screen so you can follow along there. So it says this, said, the Lord spoke to Moses that same very day saying, go up to the Mount of Abram, Mount Nebo, that's not how you say that word. Mount Nebo, which is in the land Moab, opposite of Jericho. And look at the land of Canaan in which I'm giving to the sons of Israel for possession. Then die on the mountain where you ascend and be gathered to your people as Aaron and your brother died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. Because you broke faith with me in the midst of the sons of Israel at the waters of Mirab Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, not like the yoga zen, like the wilderness of zen. Because you did not treat me as holy in the midst of the sons of Israel, watch this part, for you shall see the land at a distance, but you shall not go into the land which I'm giving to the sons of Israel. I know I didn't give you this verse, but I'm going to read it really quick. It's uh, Deuteronomy 34. Um, it's like right on the next page. It said this, this is the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saying, I will give to your descendants. I've let you see it with your eyes, but you shall never go over there. Then Joshua one, I'm just kind of, I'm just trying to give you some verses to paint a big picture. So I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole Bible all morning. So Moses, my servant is dead. Excuse me. Therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people to the land, which I'm giving to them, the sons of Israel. And then Joshua 3, 5, and then we're going we're gonna to go for it. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So I've got to kind of lay some foundation for this whole topic that I'm preaching on before we jump right into it. So if you know anything about Moses or if you're, if you're familiar with the story of Moses at all, if you've, if you've read the Bible, been in church for any period of time at all, you would know that Moses pretty much had one primary purpose in his life. Moses' whole purpose, I I was thinking about this, like how in the world, if someone wants to say, Cole, you have one sentence or two sentences to sum up the purpose of Moses in the earth, what what would you say? And and, and the only thing that I could kind of come up with in my mind was the purpose of Moses was to get the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. That was the purpose of Moses. And so he's leading Egypt, or he's leading Israel out of Egypt into promise. They're in the wilderness, right? They're wandering around for all these years. And Moses gets to this point where he's almost to what God had promised him. And then God speaks to Moses. First of all, let me pause and just preface this for a second. We were like, six minutes late to church this morning. And if I would have been following Moses, number one, I would have been made sure that he was, he was 
vastly aware that we are 39 years late for our appointment because it was like an 11-day trip, and it took them 40 years. I, I would have left. I would have been gone, right? Anybody there with me this morning? If I'm following somebody, and it's taking us 40 years to get somewhere, I have, some, I, I have questions that I need answered. A lot of questions. Everybody is going to, listen, if you're serving in any capacity of leadership, and it's taking you 40 years to do something, to travel a le- like a journey, like over across Knoxville, right? This is not a far distance. And it takes you 40 years. You're not going to have many people following you in America today, right? You're, you, nobody's sticking with that, right? Everybody's leaving. Elvis has left the building, right? Right? We're gone. We're out. So if it's, if it's me, if it's me, I'm done checked out, I don't know, uh, 39 years and 353 days ago, and I'm finding my own way to the promised land. Amen? Right? Anybody with me this morning? I'm going, I'm going by myself. Moses, if you want to stay out here for 40 years, be my guest, but I'm going by myself. And so he gets to this point, and God speaks to Moses, and he says, how frustrated would you be if you are Moses? Moses? You've given your life to this. You've, you've spent 40 years in the wilderness. You've done all this stuff for me. Now I want you to go up on this mountain and die. Great, God. Appreciate it, man. Right? Go up on this mountain and die. But he says something to him here that, I, that, that bothers me so much. He says, I want you to look at everything that I promised you, but you can never walk in it. I want you to look at the promised land, but you can't go over there. And then as this is happening, this transition happens from Moses to Joshua. And it's like God speaks to Moses. Moses goes up on the mountain, does what God tells him to do. Then he lays his hands on Joshua and says, continue on the rest of the way. And it's bothered me. Why in the world did Joshua get to go to the promised land, but Moses did not? Why? It doesn't make sense. It puzzles me. And then Joshua is leading people. He's leading these people. God speaks to him in Joshua chapter 1, says, cross the Jordan. When you get all across the Jordan, you'll be in the promised land, right? And right before... Joshua crosses into the promised land. He turns around to his people and he says this, of all things that you would say to the children of Israel, you turn around and you say, consecrate yourselves, right? These are God's people, right? They're already consecrated, Joshua. These are God's people. And he turns around and he says this, and it's bothered me because these are, these are people who have seen God move in their lives. These are people who have walked through a, a sea parting. These are people who've trusted God in the wilderness for 40 years for manna to fall out of the sky. Number one, I don't have that kind of faith. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Someone, if someone's like leading me, they're like, yeah, we're going to go out in the wilderness. We're going to trust God to send bread from the air. Wrong-o. Like, I'm out. I'm out. And so he's, uh, so he's, he's leading these people, turns around, consecrate yourselves. 
the children of Israel, the people who've trusted God, who've seen God move, who've done all these things. And I believe that Joshua knew this. Now, when I'm going to preface this real quick. When I, was, when I was preparing this and praying about what to tell you today, the only, when I was writing this, the only like word that really kept coming to me was the word promotion. And so I believe that some of you in this room, God's getting ready to promote you into some things that, that he's promised you. And you, you, you may feel like that you've been wandering in the wilderness. You may feel like that you've been doing some things uh, that didn't really make sense or really didn't, wasn't in align with your purpose. But I believe that God's getting ready to promote some people this morning. And that, that was kind of really the only thing that I got. So if that means a job for you, hallelujah. If that means raises, hallelujah, right? Anything that, so, but I believe that Joshua knew this. Before God will promote you and before God will take you to the next level, you have to have a fresh consecration to him. Before you get ready to go deeper in God, before you get ready to experience the things of God on a deeper level, before you, get, before you get ready to experience the things that God has promised you, there has to be a consecration to God, right? There has to be a fresh, just God, just giving yourself to God all over again. How many of you know this is not like this one-time experience, that you come in, you get wrecked by the Holy Ghost, and then that's it? right? It's an everyday thing. It's a laying your life down. It's a pursuit. It's an everyday thing, a fresh consecration unto God every single day, day in, day out, right? And so God, and, and, and for some reason, I want, I want, you know, I want to preface this real quick. Joshua, I think, had a perspective of, of consecration that I don't think that we really have. And so I want, I want to kind of shed some light on what consecration actually is. I believe that Joshua knew consecration, we, I think we've got this wrong in the church too, doesn't mean you're giving everything in your life up for God and nothing happens after that, right? Consecration is about God getting you ready for something. It's about God getting ready to lead you into something. They needed a fresh consecration, not because, they, not because they didn't know who God was or they needed to get rid of some things, but because God was trying to give them something. Consecration is not trying to get you out of something. It's about getting you into something. It's about taking you to something, right? And I think for so long, we've just seen consecration as, I'm just giving everything in my life up and I'm not gonna get anything back for this and blah, 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 right? That's not consecration. It's not biblical consecration, right? There is teaching out there that says, if you just live like a monk, right, God's going to bless you. And maybe he will, but I'm not doing that. So I'm not doing that. Maybe he will. And so I also believe that Joshua knew during, before he said this that anything that they took with them into the promised land that they didn't deal with in the wilderness and in Egypt would destroy them in the promised land. Anything that they didn't deal with at that point would destroy them. Because listen, you can, you can walk in the promises of God, but if you haven't dealt with things from previous seasons, you're going to end up in this cycle 
And it's going to, it's this, this season that God has promised you, this blessing that God has promised you, this favor that's God put on your life, it will eventually look just like Egypt again. It will eventually look just like the wilderness again if you don't deal with the things that God has asked you to deal with before crossing over Jordan into the promised land. You, you will be stuck in this perpetual cycle of bondage because you will never walk in real freedom. Even though it even may look like it, you'll never walk in it. You'll never experience what the promised land has to offer right? So if I could kind of su- sum it up in American terms this morning, I want to give you some things that I, one of the most heartbreaking things to me is seeing people on fire, passionate for God, just going after God with everything in them. And then all of a sudden they're just nowhere to be found, right? If you've been in church for a while, you know what that looks like. It's like you're you're praying for people in the altar. You've been slain in the spirit 47 times in the last three services, right? You're on fire for God. We get it. And one of the most heartbreaking things to me at being in the church is to see people like that just progress slowly back into their old lifestyle and own way of living. And so I want to kind of give you some things this morning that you can check kind of like what Joshua was saying, consecrate yourselves, check yourselves before we go into the promised land. I want to give you some things this morning that you can check and you can make sure are right before God promotes you into all the things that he wants to promote you to, into all the things that he wants to give you. Because if you don't check these things and you don't get these things right, you'll be in that cycle and you'll end up just like Moses on top of a mountain, watching everything that God promised you, but never walking in it. And I don't want the people of God, and I don't want God's people to just look at everything that God's doing. Amen? I don't want to be just watching God move. I want to be in the middle of a move of God. I don't want to be in the middle of watching the favor of God, or I don't want to be watching the favor of God rest on everybody else and me sitting over here, why ain't the favor of God resting on me? It's probably because I haven't got some things into right alignment and haven't fixed some things in my life so that God can bless me. So I want to, I want to give you some things to kind of check this morning so that you can prosper in the promised land. Do not, that is not the title of this sermon. That is the cheesiest thing that I have ever said. So, um, wow. I want to give you some things this morning just to check before you get promoted, before God takes you to the next level. And I think the first thing that you need to check before, before you cross the river into the promised land is you need to check your mindset. You need to make sure that your mind is made up that you are going to do this thing, that you are going to live for God, that you are going to burn for God. You need to make sure that old thinking has been dealt with. It's weird seeing, I I have friends that are in ministry all over the world, and it's weird seeing them say things like, this just isn't working. 
And 90% of the time, the reason that whatever they're trying to walk in, the reason that they're trying, they're, 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 they're struggling financially, they're doing all this, the reason why is because they're still thinking wrong. And so you can't think like an Egyptian and live like a son. It's not allowed in the kingdom. It's not allowed in the promised land. God's not going to promote you to something and you destroy it. He'll just give it to somebody else who's going to think rightly. Because when people, when people look at God's people, God wants them to see him. He doesn't want to see you living dysfunctionally, wondering why you can't get what God wants to give you. Wondering why you can't get over into all the promises that God has for you. So you got to check the way that you think. You got to make sure that your mind is right before you cross over into the promised land. I don't want to see any more believers or Christians end up like Moses missing out on purpose because Moses's whole purpose was to get to the promised land and he had to look at it from a distance and die on a mountain I'm tired of I'm tired of seeing believers and Christians die on this hypothetical mountain and be and, and feel like that they're locked out of their calling they're locked out of purpose they're locked out of all the things that God declares in his word to be promises to us I'm tired of seeing Christians be broke. It's annoying. I love that we, I love, I love that we have declarations here over our finances. I love that we have declarations. It it pumps me up. Every time I get to say, I've got it written on my little vision board in my little closet office, right? I have a little closet office. Me and my wife both work from home. She has a bedroom. I have a closet office. If you're not married yet, this is the way it works. You get closet space, she gets bedroom. Right? Just saying. But it's the most it, it's it it's it really is the most heartbreaking thing to me in the world to see people who were once passionate about the things of God, who were once on fire for God, and they locked themselves out of everything that God promises them because they can't think rightly. And it's also weird. Like It's also weird to me. Why don't you just change the way you think, right? It's like, you know, obviously it's not that simple for, for everyone. But it kind of was that simple for me when, when I, it was just like, oh, well, I'm like completely wrong, right? About believing some things about God and believing some things about how God, uh, what God thought about me. I just changed what I thought. I just changed the way I think. And it's like, what, what steps do you have to go through that? I don't know because I haven't experienced the steps. I was just like, I'm wrong. I'm changing, right? And it was like in that moment, something happened for me. And it wasn't like God gave me a million dollars, right? That didn't happen. But I started to see, I started to see God in the light that he was warning the children of Israel to see themselves, that they were destined to have this. And as long as they kept living these dysfunctional, closed off, weird 
lives. If you if, go read about the children of Israel, if I was Moses and I were, and if I was Moses, I would have checked out leading them people a long time ago because them people were weird. And it's just like I read it, and it's like the children of Israel having so much dysfunction in their lives kept them from from the promised land for 39 extra years. That tells me that you can stay in the same place that you are today for as long as you want to stay. If you don't make up in your mind that you're going to go to the next level in God and you're going to walk in the things of God like he's called you to walk in, you'll just stay right where you are. You'll stay where you are. If you're taking notes, the second thing this morning is, this, this is what I see, especially among young people. Me and my wife were youth pastors for two years, and I saw this more, two years before we came here. And I saw this among young people more than, I, more than I saw this among anybody else. Actually, that isn't true. I see adults do this too. Um, but you need to surround yourself with people who also have a made-up mind that they're going to the promised land. The people who are in your closest circle are going to determine where you're going to be when, when, when the rubber hits the road, right? You'll either be stuck or you'll be moving forward. There's people in my life that I'm currently having to pray about, please, God, save their soul once more, that I'm currently having to pray about distancing myself from because they're not wanting to go where I'm wanting to go. If you don't have people in your life who are going to the place that you're trying to get to, you're not going to go there, right? It's just that simple. You know, I think some, some leadership guru one day muffled off and said this, the five people that you surround yourself with will be the five people that you become, Right? Also, you know, that's not just like, they didn't just randomly one day say that, right? They actually studied things to make sure that that was true. Do you know what? One thing I started doing one time, I was struggling in my finances and I I started reading all this stuff. I started hanging out with the wealthiest people that I knew because I didn't want to stay stuck, broke for the rest of my life. I wanted to see how they thought so that I could build wealth, so that I could be able to give in offerings when the offering plate come around, right? If you want to get healthy, don't hang out with me, right? Don't hang out with me. A re- There's nothing like a Red Baron pizza. There's nothing like a Red Baron pizza. I tried to make vegetable soup this week. Does it taste like Red Baron? Isn't anywhere as good as Red Baron pizza. I could eat a whole Red Baron pizza. I prom- like it's not even a not a game at all. Like ask my wife, Red Baron, one whole pizza down, right? <laughs> Over with. But if you want to hang out with people who are going to walk in the things of God, who are going to walk in the promises of God, who are going to do what do what God has called them to do. If you're going to be one of those one of those people, you've got to hang out with people who are currently doing that. Who are currently walking towards that? You can't hang out. I used to say this to me. You can't hang out with losers, right? It's just the way it is. You can't hang out with losers. Now, listen. I'm not saying never talk to another lost person, right? 
Set yourself apart and don't let anybody talk to you because you are Christian. Now, I told my, I, I preached a similar message one time to my students, and I wondered why, like, we had, like, a lot of lost people coming to church at one point. And then all of a sudden, it was like, it just hit me one day. Oh, I've told them to set themselves apart. And now they think they just can't talk to lost people. Great. Failure number one as youth pastor. Right? Don't do that. You, you are a city that is set on a hill that can't be hidden. That doesn't mean that you're isolated and nobody can get there. There are people who are, who are wanting to be and wanting to get to the place where you are. And there are people who are wanting to be mentored by you and led by you, right? And you need to be there for them. But you also need to make sure This has, this has, I have seen people who were absolutely called to ministry, called to lead worship, called to preach, whatever you want to say. I've seen it all, right? I've seen it all. And it hadn't taken long. And I've seen them not want to distance themselves from relationships. And it will ruin the way that they think and then they can never walk in promise, and they never walk in the purposes of God. I can tell you three people off the top of my head right now, I've talked to them this week, who have told me, I wish I would have just listened. And now they're living with shame and regret and pain of not doing what God has called them to do, and you never want to be in that place. You never want to look back And be like Moses, watching all your friends walk in the things that God has called them to walk in. And you're just sitting there doing nothing, right? And this is the last thing. And and Emily, you, you guys can come on up. So you gotta get your mindset right before you can walk in promise. You gotta get the people that you can run with. You gotta find you a crew got to find you a squad, right? You've got to get those people in your life. And the last thing that you need to check before God promotes you into everything that he wants to promote you into, the last thing that you need to check is you need to make sure that your heart's right. You need to make sure the things that you're believing up here have got to hear. Because I've been around people who've just believed it up here. They've believed it up here, but it never got to here. And then when, when things happen, when things start going south, they check out. It ain't worth it, right? That's the kind of mindset they start thinking with. They're back to their old ways because they never made, made it, made it, settle in their heart that they were going to do everything that God had called them to do. They've had things happen. They've gotten bitter. They've gotten resentful towards people, towards, towards church, towards certain ministries. Right? Pastor Casey said this last week, I think. Um, he said something like, 
You know, if you haven't been hurt by the church, just stay around for a while. It's true. Everyone has the opportunity to get offended. Some people get offended and stay offended. Some people don't get offended at all, right? They're just mature. They're adults. Realize that people make mistakes and people say things they don't mean. And those are the, those are the people who end up doing things for God. Those are the people who end up walking in all the things that God has called them to walk in. You can stay offended. You can stay bitter. You can stay hurt. Maybe God made you some promises and put it on a timeline and it didn't happen when you thought it was supposed to happen. It didn't happen. And you can choose to have in your heart and in your attitude and in your being made up, God, whatever you ask me to do, I'll say yes all over again. I'll, I'll consecrate to myself to you all over again. Before I walk in promise, God, I know there has to be a fresh consecration. Maybe some of you this morning just need to say yes to the Lord all over again. Maybe some of you just had to need to have it made up in your heart that whatever happens from this point forward, I have the opportunity to be bitter. I have the opportunity to be offended. I have the opportunity to be mad at whoever, at whatever, at whenever. But I'm going to move forward in my heart because there's people depending on me to walk in everything that I have been called to walk in. Some of you in this room, your kids need you to walk in the promises of God. Your kids need to live in a house where the favor of God rests on it. Where money's not an issue, right? Where mindsets aren't an issue. It's whatever God asks us to do, we're gonna do it. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.